Welcome back to Sarah from Texas Podcast. I've got another Sarah. Sarah I love it. Fraser with me. OMG, I miss you already. I miss you too, my girl. We bonded over we're Sarah with H's. Yeah. And then, of course, we share a love for pop culture. And I have a weakness for Texas, gal. I have not been to the state of Texas. I'm very upset. I know. I know. Can you believe it? I know. I'm going. Open invitation. <sighs> It sounds amazing. Like you guys have the best barbecue there. And, and it is everything. I hope everything's really bigger in Texas. Cause I want a huge hat. I want to go to a good, like country Western bar. And I want to meet a cowboy, honey. I'm ready. I mean, I'm married, but you know, <laughs> I think the cowboy hats might not be as prevalent as everyone thinks, but I don't know. My husband doesn't own one cowboy hat, but you know, and is he a Texan through and through too? Yes. He was born and raised in various cities throughout Texas. He lived in Chicago for his job for about five years before I met him, but then he moved to Houston. Oh my God. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I love, I got to come to Houston, Houston and Dallas, honey, all that oil money, baby. I'm ready. Hmm. I'm <laughs> looking for sure. my husband number two. All right. <laughs> they say those are the best, right? <laughs> well, I'm getting, the problem is I'm, I'm going to turn 42 next week. February awesome. 13th is my, is my birthday. 13 is my lucky number. I am, I do agree with Taylor Swift there. So I'm getting to that age where it's getting a little hard to land like a sugar daddy. You know what I'm, I'm getting to be like the sugar mama, you know, so it, it, it sucks. I'm, I I'm love it. Well, just remind window. everybody at BravoCon, I had an Armenian coffee reading with Paul Atu and Patrick Simpson. And they told me a few things that ended up being true. First of all, they said, you're going to be traveling. I said, no, 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 I have no travels. I ended up having four different trips from December to January. So what they said was four unexpected planned trips. So that came true. But they also said, you're going to be getting a call. And I'm like, first of all, it's 2023. Nobody calls anyone anymore, right? We're in a world of texting or DMing on Instagram, right? You and I had never connected. And somehow my TikToks came up in your feed. You messaged me and you said, are you available to talk tomorrow? I'm going to call you. And I went, this is the call. Like nobody calls. So thank you so much. Well, I say this to you and I, I mean this. And I think it's one of my um, abilities that I've had over the years because I've worked with many, many talented radio people. You know, my background was I started in radio in Washington, D.C. on a show I called love the, that. the Kane Show. I've worked with incredibly talented people and in talented individuals on my podcast. When I saw your TikToks, you just sitting there laying in your bed, something about you just came through to me. I was like, oh, she's so captivating to watch. And then I heard you get up at BravoCon and ask a question. I can't even remember. What was what was one of the questions that you got on the mic and asked Andy? I think the only one is I asked Andy what made them bring Jenny Pulos back to BravoCon. <gasps> Okay, so yeah. I had actually gone to Jenny Poulos's 50th birthday, and I recorded your- Wait, we need a whole podcast about that, but okay. Oh, really? I was fabulous. It was out in the desert um, at her sister's like mansion. It was amazing. Okay, so I love that. Anyway, and Jenny, I actually, I went with a friend who is besties with Jenny. I just met her for the first time. She was so lovely. Okay. Anyway, so I filmed you- and I posted that and I said, you know, I, I love Sarah from Texas or whatever. And I think you'd commented. And then we ended up somehow connecting from that. And then 
I'm honored to have been that phone call because I, something about you, Sarah, I've told you this from the beginning. I just think you are so talented and I feel like the best is yet to come for you. And I mean that. Well, I loved, I made it a point. I said, look, I'm going to be in LA all of a sudden, mid-December. You were about to go on a family vacation. You invited me to be on your podcast. I knew that until uh, I really had like a traditional podcast like this, I really didn't have a platform for like guests. So um, actually it was you and talking to the Femme Tarot, remember our conversation early we January. And then I said, we were, we're all such girls, girls, right? I feel like we were all helping each other, giving each other advice. You know, you might know something about one thing. I knew more about another. She knew about other things. We were all having, helping each other. And that's when I decided, you know what? I love talking live five days a week and recapping and Jeff Lewis and reality shows, but I want to do a traditional podcast every Sunday called Sarah from Texas. And now I get to have you back on because you had me on your podcast in January. It was so fun. Yeah. People need to go listen because you told, you know, you told a lot of your like life story and you're an inspiration to women that want to start their own platform, that want to start their own show. And, um, and that's what resonated in you with me is I started my podcast eight years ago. Nobody podcast. Right. Nobody podcasted. And I had always been a co-host to men, very strong male voices. I didn't know how to host my own show or I didn't have the confidence that it takes to host your own show. And that's how I started my podcast. And I thought, oh my God, this is so liberating to women because now women who, as you know, 20 years ago in the entertainment business and radio, you have a radio degree. The men were the gatekeepers. Like yeah. if you weren't one of those chosen women to be on a morning show or be the, the morning girl, you weren't ever getting a radio show. Podcast didn't exist. You were, you were not, or you were going to go work in some bum F, you know, yep. teeny market. I mean, the men were the gatekeepers. And Making 25, 30,000 a year. Yeah. What podcasting has done is given women like ourselves a platform and hopefully to inspire other men and women to like pick up and do your own show. This is your opportunity to have your voice heard. Yeah, I love that. And especially whatever, like I was talking to someone a week or so ago, they called to ask me advice about a podcast. And I said, she kept kind of talking about things that would make her big things. I said, you have to talk about what you are obsessed about, what you would talk to a, a white wall about, because yeah. If you're not obsessed about a certain subject, nobody else is going to feel that energy. But also, it's a job. You don't want to feel like you're spinning your wheels talking about content that doesn't excite you. Yes. And 100. I love that reality TV, Thousand Pound Sisters, 90 Day Fiance. You love sister wives. You know, respectfully, I've outgrown the sister wives. Uh, but I love that you catch me up on all of the people that I love from your podcast and your video clips. Tell us where everyone can find you, Sarah. So it's the Sarah Frazier show. I put it out everywhere you get your podcasts. I put out seven episodes a week and you're right. I, I actually became a new fan of sister wives two years ago. Okay. And I actually, and I tell people this, I stumbled upon TLC right around when the pandemic started from a show called Welcome to Plathville, which by the way, Andy Cohen is now watching because Andy Cohen has a giant crush on one of the boys, Micah Plath, who is a model, who is super freaking hot. So I- My in, biggest disappointment in life is that I didn't start Welcome to Plathville. That's my biggest disappointment. Oh my God. It is so good. And it's amazing. So- 
And it's about a family down in Cairo, Georgia, that has 11 kids. I think only like nine of them appear on the show. But they, this is in 2019, their children had never seen an iPhone. They never drank a Coke. They like, they had sheltered their children and homeschooled their kids and kept them. They didn't know like what the Super Bowl was. <laughs> it was wow. like, what? How did they keep this a secret from these kids? But they lived and in this all so cute. They're all gorgeous. They're gorgeous blondes. They look like they're from off a Norwegian ship. Right. Yeah. That sucked me into the world of TLC. And then I started watching that sister wives, thousand pound sisters, 90 day fiance. And I mean, I guess the blessing and the curse 90 day fiance has been such a huge hit for them. Now they have 10,000 spinoffs. So it's like single life. And before the 90 days, 90 day the other way, the di it's actually a torture now. 90 right. days. Doesn't it torture. feel like, like three full-time jobs? Yes. It's, I, I, I have to stop. I actually have to stop. Like I, I didn't even, I've popped in and out of this season because it's kind of their signature season, 90 day fiance season 10. Um, because it's just too much. I, I enjoy single life that's on right now. So I've really started watching single life a lot more than the 90 day fiance cast. And there's kind of a feeling out there that 90 day fiance now has just become these people that want to be famous. They're either singers or they have hair care lines or whatever they're promoting. And so people are getting really tired of 90 day casting these kind of fame whores that yeah. are trying to just use this to promote their company. And then, you know, they're breaking up with the person or very few of yeah. them are actually making it. Or some just feel like they'll date anyone. Like they're just career 90 day fiance, fiance-ers. Is that even a word? Yeah. But are, no, are their tell-alls not the best? Amazing. Amazing tell-alls. I mean, they do the best <laughs> tell-alls. The way that we'll have them at like a bar the night before getting drunk and like... um. <laughs> What's oh the guy God. from uh, Louisiana? He goes offshore. He has the Russian wife. They have a little girl. My brain went blank. Anyways, Russian the blonde, okay, hot blonde. They're on. Jovi and Yara. Jovi and Yara. Yeah. And yes. they live down in New Orleans. Yes. So okay, Jovi, yeah. they, they all will like infight. Like all the cast will like pick a side or like you're this, you're that. And then they'll fight. That is the, they do the best tell-alls ever. Like Bravo needs to learn a little something from the TLC tell-alls. It's really great the way they lay it out. Um, you know, this season, obviously Jasmine and Gino are the big ones. Um, you know, I know, right? And and look, they are Her great. boobies, Sarah, are perfection. And I hate saying it because I can't stand Jasmine. She's so <laughs> cruel to Gino, hairless Gino with no money. Yeah. In this tiny little yeah. condo, he just has a big heart for, and he won't even bang her. Like, what is up on them not even having sex? It's the, I'm fascinated. She kind of drives me crazy too. I don't know why, because so many of the women like Darcy and Stacy, so many yeah. of them look like her, but I guess it's just, I don't Are know. You she at her does, boobs, yeah, she like, she her does drive teeth, me bananas too. Her hair, like she has had a glow up on Gino's money. Uh, a huge glow up. So much plastic surgery. This is her now modeling for Fashion Nova. I know. I know. Um, she's a little, she's another one for me. She's now a Fashion Nova ambassador. She just, it's so promotional. I don't know. Yeah. She drives me kind of crazy. And I'm sure she's actually making more money than Gino right now, which, you know, congrats oh. to her. 
but it's well, just, and I'm assuming they both get paid. So do you know, you've got lot, such an insider. I, I I love watching your content. I know you had this promotional kit from love and translation. Yes. Well, you've got a lot more connections. You have a lot of these as a guest on your podcast. Has anyone ever let it slip? What kind of money they make? Yes. Um, it depends. You know, it's, I guess it's like, it's probably like Bravo, but much lesser extent. You know, if you're sister wives, like those guys are making insane money. Now they're on Define insane 18. money. Well, they're probably making now sister wives is a bit entangled because Cody Brown is like the head of the family, but I'm sure they're making 65, $75,000 an episode. Oh yeah. Each oh, yeah. person. Well, to, this is why he needs to get rid of some wives. So he has more of the money coming in for him. I mean, that's going to be the difficult part, right, of these upcoming seasons. Christine's now divorced. Christine had her own wedding special. I would imagine Christine and David made a very nice paycheck from that two-part wedding special. I mean, look, we know, I think that the sister wives are smart enough to know that they have this incredible brand, but because season 19 has already been shot. But the money, I don't know how they played out the money. I wouldn't be surprised if they're all making fifty to 60000 now an episode. And they do 14, 15, 16 episodes now. Yeah. Okay. Is that more than Bravo money? Is that more than Housewives money? No. Housewives, uh, well, no, no. Because they're usually doing like 13 episodes. And some yeah. of those women are making a million. Um, I guess, I don't okay. know. Wait, I'm terrible at the math. But, I know. Uh, girl math like no I still think Bravo I think some of the women on Bravo make more no I will tell people. you yeah the big I people. will you know 90 day um 76,000 is about a million divided by 13. okay okay so I think some of these legacy shows for TLC are making that but a lot of the other people on shows that are much smaller I love a mama's boy probably welcome to Plathville I think that they're making like a thousand dollars an episode um, there was notoriously a couple years ago, a story about thousand pound sisters that the girls together were only making about 15, $3,000 an episode. So 1500 each, wow. um, you know, a lot of people don't know that they need an agent, a manager, some representation, especially when they get on these shows, but also lots of times the networks aren't going to pay because they know that you can launch a cameo. You can launch, right. Jasmine is a fashion Nova endorser. Now I mean, they know you're, they might not be paying you a lot, but they know now you are going to make a fortune off of these other things. I'm sure Jasmine and Gino are doing quite well. I wonder if he even returned. Remember how he quit his job for her to come over to the U S so he could focus on her and she was mad about that. I, I doubt he's even gone back to his job. Like it's a full-time job just being on social media and 90 day fiance. Cause they have all these spinoffs and, you know, pillow talk and more to love. I mean, oh my goodness. Yeah. No, I don't think Jasmine, I don't think Gino is going back to work. And I, I do actually think Jasmine's going to become the breadwinner because she is out there. I think he probably gets the power of TV, but it, it is, you know, it is a different world with TLC. They, they usually do not make the money that you see on Bravo. Okay. Good to know. Well, I'm still totally watching. So how do you watch all these shows? Now I have five kids. We've also talked about mom life. You've got a toddler, little boy. How, when do you watch your shows? Because, you know, he's old enough to hear this content. And I, when my kids were little watching Housewives, I had to watch it when we put them to bed at 730 or 8 because they don't need to hear this nonsense. 
Well, I do the same thing. Um, my son also goes um, to a little daycare a couple days a week. So lots of times I'm watching during the day. And yeah. you probably know this, when you have this as your job, what starts out is like joy, the, it, the joy of watching Jeff Lewis or listening or watching Sister Wives becomes a job very quickly. And it's like- Yeah, we take notes. I mean, I definitely yeah. take notes to recap a show. Me too. I'm sitting there on my phone taking notes on Sister Wives. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're fully invested, but you also have to know the facts. And and I have so much in, with five kids also. I have so much information in my brain and I'm 50 years old. So I'm a little more forgetful nowadays. So I have to take notes because, you know, I've watched these people from day one. So I'm like, is it Dorit that said that? Is it Kyle that said that? You know, which person said that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So yes, I watch with a purpose. I watch when my son is off to daycare a couple days a week. I just, I load it up and I, and now I, you know, I used to watch a lot more of the Bravo shows, but if I'm not talking about it, cause I do do a Bravo recap every week with my pal, David Yontif. So Love we, him. I do too. Uh, so we do, you know, I watch what I have to watch for David, but then like, I'm not watching Real Housewives of Miami. I couldn't tell you, I haven't kept up at all. I don't I can't know. Make time for it. I Me agree. Either. And I love the original Miami. Some things have to die out because in life you just only have so much time. You know what I mean? And with more and more shows. So what is your 90 day fiance couple that you just love to hate? Who do you just hate watch? Well, this is kind of a throwback and now they're not on, but season nine, it was Jabri and Miona. I'm not sure if people remember them. There's a very big rumor that they're not together. Um, I don't even remember them. Some people I fast forward through. Do you do that? Yes. Yes. Um, Jasmine and Gino are my current ones by far. They drive me bonkers every time I, I see them. I can't wait the for their wedding next week. I think it's, yeah, February yeah. 16th. I think. Yeah. They're getting or married. 18th. Yeah. They're probably my fun ones to hate watch. Um, it used to be Big Ed and Liz, but they're no longer together. They are. Aww. I know she, she has left um, Big Ed. So they are done. Um, Did, but she leave Arkansas? Did she go back to San, San Diego? Yes. She's in San Diego. Yeah. She's dating a man in San Diego and she is out and about with him on. Yes. She went downhill fast. She was the unexpected. I didn't expect her to be almost as crazy as Big Ed. I know. They like really she were would like, like run away from that engagement party. And then she lost her engagement ring in the bushes. She was so drunk. He was accusing of her being with these lesbians. I was like, whoa, Liz, like your shit is not together. I mean, I mean, no offense, but if you're dating Big Ed, I'm not sure your shit's together. I mean, my goodness. Well, I hear she's with someone much more age appropriate. Good. And actually, Ed has left San Diego, which is really big. And Ed's the one that lives in Arkansas now. I have heard from Ed's neighbor who follows me on TikTok. And she Love says it. that Ed is single as a Pringle in Arkansas and is out and about. And Ed is looking for love now. Um, so Love it. I love, love this so much. I hope he finds an Arkansas girl and not, you know, I hope he finds a local. Well, I can tell you TLC does love Ed. So I do think we will see more. I think Ed has a ticket for life to be on sure. single life. I think Ed will be back with it with a Southern gal. Uh, or, or he's on the apps to do a whole other, you know, trip somewhere to another country to find his woman. Yeah. Well, they, he's good Ed, TV. He's good to you either have TV. it or you don't. Big Ed is good TV. 
Yes. And also this season 10 of, of 90 day, um, Sophie and Robert, you know, Sophie's the English woman. That Rob, lives, yes. yes. She's 23. Yeah. Rob's the guy with no toilet that lives. I, I live in LA. So he lives in Inglewood, you know, we're, we're neighbors practically. So I love, I mean, Rob's gotten a lot of shit this season. I mean, that that's been, it's been a rough season for them. So I'm curious yeah. to see how it wraps up, like how they're doing. Me too. Me too. I'm curious if they ended up getting married. Well, we are yeah. definitely going to dive into the season finale of a thousand pound sisters. Oh my God, Sarah, I will tell you this. And I say this truly, I believe two reality TV show episodes this year should be nominated for Emmys. One, I don't know how you felt about this, but um, that tribute to Kyle's friend, Laureen, who yeah. it was the mom, her kids there, Morgan Wade singing Kyle's like connection with more. It was so touching. I thought like Sutton, you know, obviously this has been such Dad. a hard season for Sutton thinking about her father. It was so good. That and the season finale of Thousand Pound Sisters, I can tell you, was incredible. Um, spoiler alert, I guess, for your whole audience if they listen or don't. But this has been all over the press, so it's not that big a spoiler alert. Tammy yeah. Slayton, who's one of the stars, her husband, Caleb, died from weight complications. He also was like 700 pounds. They met at a rehab center to lose weight passed away. He basically was working out at the Ohio rehab and died of a massive heart attack while working out. Wait, wait, wait. You must have some insider information because last I know from the season finale and even some current information, she is choosing not to put out the information of how he died. She doesn't want that information out there. So do you know something we don't know? Well, publicly? I don't, I don't, I don't want to say like for a fact that I know that, but I do think from people and sources like around the show, from what I've heard. And again, obviously there's HIPAA laws, but right. basically everyone has said that that's pretty close to the truth that he okay. died from a weight complications. You know, unfortunately he was gaining weight in the rehab center. Like he was having a really hard time. So you know, whether he he died on a treadmill or a mobile, you know, exercise machine, like they had originally thought, I don't, I cannot confirm that, but it I'll does seem tell like you was, though, I, I got, a, I got a worse sense. I didn't get that good of a sense because oh, really? Tammy is choosing not to talk about it. And she did talk about, she did say that she got a text from someone at the facility and then he had then she got a phone call from the facility. He had passed away within the hour. She clearly doesn't live close enough to have gotten up there. Chris would have had to come and drive her, all that. Um, but because she's since said she won't talk about it, I, I don't know. I don't feel you it's just it, something as simple as a heart attack from working out. Do you, what do, you, do you think it was more, you think it's more personal, like maybe he had taken his own life in some way? That's the feeling I get. I feel like she shares so much of her life and that's something she would choose to be respectful about him and not share. I feel like if he was working out and had a heart attack, why wouldn't she share that if that's what the actual, and how would that word not get out with people that are at this facility? It didn't happen in his private home. He was in a medical facility surrounded by lots of people. So, you know, the word would have gotten out. Oh, Caleb was in the gym or Caleb was in his room or Caleb was in the rec room. Caleb was playing cards with us. I don't know. Yeah. No, I think you're it's very think personal, but I just got a very different sense that she would have shared that if not. Well, 
Look, I mean, I think you, you're not far off, I don't think. And and I also feel as though his weight and everything contributed to it. But I will sure. tell you this. And why your theory actually might be correct is what the show did brush over on the finale is they had actually broken up in May. So so the timeline of this, go, actually, so your theory is probably much more He passed correct. away June 30th. You're saying in May their marriage had broken up? Yes. So they were actually separated. So what had happened was on the show, season four, they had gotten married in like what looked to be November of like 2022. Yeah. Right? Okay. So new season oh. comes new season comes back they actually did not their marriage license was published online in january of 2023 okay he died in june like july 1 of 2023 so they'd only been married like legally married three or four months and they broke up in may so you know was he was he so depressed and he had actually put out on facebook a um message if you are following me here on facebook because of tammy don't bother we're no longer together and then yeah. about a month and a half later he passed away my thing is i don't know i mean i can and they didn't talk about that at all that's so fascinating that's why so you are my go-to because you stay current on all of these things that i can't and so you're my go-to for all this information i didn't I know that at think all I feel like if the, okay, so you have a good point. My theory is if he did pass away from a suicide or something, it like goes both ways. You know what I'm saying? Like if that happened, why hasn't someone sold their story? Like, I mean, there's people at the facility, there's janitors at the facility, there's friends. I mean, the friends that showed up at the funeral. I mean, you're telling me no one has sold that story to the son for 30 or 40 grand. I mean, maybe, maybe that would he has that vomit, good, but yeah. Yeah, well, people do that all the time or they're wow. an anonymous source. I think if he had taken his own life, that would have leaked too. Don't you think? Or yeah. you think? I just think clearly it could have been something medically, a, a medical complication. I, I think it's that. But yeah. I did not know. We know he had admitted he was emotionally eating. He was on a downward spiral once, spiral once she left the facility because she got her trach out. She got the surgery. You know, but let's start with the season finale. It opens up. It ended the last episode with this huge fight with Amy yeah. having a huge meltdown with her sister, Amanda, in particular. I did not see the hit. Did you see the hit or the attempted bite? Well, interesting, it. interesting you bring that up. Okay. So, you know, this epic fight that happened on the, the episode that was um, the one prior to the season finale was much hyped that this was going to be an epic fight. And in the tabloids over the past few months, they had said that production actually had to stop filming. There was such a major fight with the family in uh, Florida. Okay. Pensacola. Yeah. So we see that we're waiting for this epic blowout that apparently the whole family was involved. And then we see it's between Amy and um, Amanda, her sister. And it looks like, you know, Amy grabs her. It's hard to see if there's a bite. So there's a theory. Again, we all have a lot of theories, right? There's a theory yeah. out there that because Amy was going through a custody battle with her now ex-husband, Michael, that they edited it to make sure that she was not in danger of losing her sons. That's... Wow. It, that makes sense, Sarah. I have no proof. I don't have any proof of that, but that is a theory that is out there. And, um, 
I feel like it kind of makes sense to me because that fight from what we were reading and then what we got was so different. And I believe that story could be true because at the finale, Amy was so broken up about what she did to Amanda. And I'm like, girl, okay. Haven't you, I mean, you have siblings, you have kids. I mean, I'm sure they've gotten into it physically. Like my brother and I would like push each other, grab each other, throw each other down, wrestle. You know what I mean? Like, to me, it had to be more significant if she had that much of an emotional reaction. That's my feeling. I mean, she was mortified with herself. And I'm like, wait, what did I miss? Where were the cameras? Why weren't the cameras rolling? These aren't new producers. Like, you saw this fight building. We all saw Amy uh, struggling with caring for the boys on her own. You know, she didn't see, you know, we knew that Amanda was not being very, uh, supportive saying, Amy, we're all moms. You got to get your shit together. Moms are not, you You can't be crying with the little babies. You know, basically yeah. your boys are winning and you're losing as mom. They weren't very supportive, which I kind of felt bad for her too. But I was like, geez, but yeah, you're right. She was beating the hell out of herself. And I'm like, and then yeah. when Caleb does pass away, they hadn't talked about it yet. And Amanda makes light of it, which is what this family does. They really do love each other at the core, but she makes fun and says, girl, you can't even throw arms. Like you tried to bite me. Like what the hell? Yeah. I mean, you know, like, was it a bite? Was it a punch? Was it a kick in the vagina? Like what exactly happened TLC? I don't know how you sift through the rumors, but the, the other argument to this, much like Caleb's passing, right, is, okay, maybe maybe it was just leaked that it was an epic fight to get people excited about this season, yeah. and there was just never a big fight. Maybe that was it, right? I mean, it's it's really hard to know. That's why I always say my dream Diane Sawyer moment is like flying to Kentucky and interviewing that entire family. Like that would be the most epic because I think people have a lot of questions. They have a lot of questions about that season. Okay. If that happens, Sarah, can I be your unpaid yes. personal assistant? Yes. <laughs> I yes. will escort you through the airport. <laughs> I will do everything you need me to do. I will go buy you some potato chips, whatever you need. We'll need soda pops for them. Soda yes. pops all around. All around. <laughs> I will keep you posted. I'm currently blocked by Tammy on TikTok. So I don't, I don't think that we're, uh, I don't think it's happening, but uh, I'm holding We'll, we'll help each other out because you're probably blocked by people that I'm not and vice versa. I get blocked <laughs> from people because Jeff, Lewis pisses them off. There you go. There you go. I'll check on them. You can check on what Tammy's doing on um, TikTok. That would be helpful. For sure. So, so Tammy, I don't think I realized she was only 36 years old and now she's a widow. But yes. you're, you're blowing my mind. The fact that they were actually broken up. Now, I think anytime, I mean, okay. I did love that they were in love, but you're right. They had pretty much met a couple of months before they got married and then they were broken up four to four months-ish later. He passes away. So it's not like they'd been married 15, 20 years, had all these memories, whatever. He did seem to make her so happy and made yeah. her so positive. I've never seen a more put-together Tammy Slayton of all these seasons. So that that made me happy. Oh my God, me too. I loved, and I think that's why it's such an Emmy-worthy episode. I think yeah. we've never seen Tammy, because Tammy's usually the the fighter. The People usually hate Tammy. They hate her right. attitude. They hate, you know, she until this season, she's never wanted to lose weight. She's right. been near death. She keeps eating. This season, I mean, people have just fallen in love with Tammy because of Caleb. I think because of that relationship, seeing how strong their bond was and how much he adored her. And 
when they played all the old clips, you know, of him writing her a poem. I mean, isn't that the oh. love that we want for everyone? What was that poem called? Sunflowers? Yes. Like, oh. how it, whenever he sees a sunflower, he thinks of her and how she is his sunflower and, you know, just opens up with light. And I, I mean, yeah, I mean, we want that for everyone. Yeah. So I think she was truly in love with him. Maybe your theory is right. I just, he was eating so much and spiraling, even when yeah. she was at the facility, I just felt like this was such a food addiction for him that I don't know if he, I don't know if he could break it. And then maybe when they broke up and had this split, maybe that was just too much. I don't know, but well, and be I think you can't too. have a broken heart. A hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Yes. But I think it's no accident. I, I hate because I, like you, watched Michael and Amy walk down the aisle. I watched both of her pregnancies, all of this. We didn't really get a, an idea until this season that he was in kind of an absent husband, kind of a controlling husband. This is all her side because he's refused to be interviewed or put on camera. So we are only hearing her and the family story. But I think it's no accident that she goes through with this divorce Tammy has her house. I, I guess it's Amanda's house. Isn't it this house in the family, like a rental? Uh, well, I thought, um, I thought Amy and Michael owned, Amy and Michael owned their own home outright. Now, Amanda, but the house that Tammy is in with the boys and Amy, this whole, I, I just think that was yes. no accident that Amy quote needed Tammy's help. But now Tammy ends up needing Amy's help. Like they they end up going through this together. So I think it's no accident they end up living back together and they're able to support each other in so many different ways. Yeah, I, I, I love that. Yes, I agree. I agree. And they, yeah. I believe now Amy and Tammy live with, in one of Chris's homes. They used to live with Amanda, but apparently, you know, last season, Amanda and Tammy got into it so badly. And, you know, while Tammy was in rehab, um, her home was broken into and they stole yes. everything. They stole like the refrigerator, honey. They stole the sofa. Like they pulled up a U-Haul and they moved her out. So that's crazy. <laughs> it was All wild. they needed was a $60 ring camera. I mean, not that it would help to know who did it, but that's terrible. They said they stole everything. Yeah. Everything. I don't think to this day we've heard of anyone being prosecuted for that. No. Ever. I know. I know. They walked out with a whole new house, honey, from, from, and what, I mean, I would think if you sold Tammy Slayton's refrigerator, like you could get a lot of money for that. <laughs> oh, for damn sure. So someone must be using it, I guess. Oh my gosh. I just love this family. I mean, more than ever, Misty and Amanda were really shown on camera yeah. a lot more than normal. Um, but Chris, if he doesn't win brother of the freaking year, I freaking love Chris. I Even at the very end, um, a man, uh, Tammy says something like as his wife, I need to get up to the medical facility and get his things. And he says, you tell me when honey, and we'll, we'll go, I'll take you. Oh my God. Yeah. I love him. I think that's what people like about the show. They're clearly dysfunctional. Um, you know, Amy and, T you know, Tammy and uh, Amy's boyfriend, who she's now since broken up with. This was a guy, not Michael. Um, he was arrested for a DUI in Kentucky earlier last year. Uh, Tammy was cited for marijuana possession. Was I, I don't know if she was like officially arrested, but she had a court date. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people, you know, do feel like they're trashy, but they they do kind of rally for each other, which I think is what people like. Yeah. Well, and the fact that they're willing to show everything and like, this is what I, you know, Amy farting on TV. I mean, burping <laughs> on TV. I mean, it is what it is. 
And they're, they're such a loving family, but yeah, in their own, yes. you know, messed up kind of ways. Do you think any of them even work though? Or has this become their job? Like Chris is available a lot or does Amanda have a job? Does Misty have a job? That's a great question because Amanda Holterman is on TikTok all the time. Uh, Good to know. All the time. Um, How much weight does she lose? So at this point, Misty had, was gone down from a size 22 down to a size 14, 16. It was noticeable. And then Amanda was down about 35 pounds in about four months. But she even says she is so tall and she's like big in all yeah. the right place. Like, I love her confidence. I need, a, I need this much of Amanda's confidence and I would be set for life. I mean, that girl <laughs> has got that shit going on. And she you does. Know, she was married to Michael's brother. Yes. Yes. They, a crazy spin. They all have a wild um, family tree too. I, I would imagine a lot of them work. I mean, but that's an excellent question. I mean, we really don't see Chris anymore, like going to his job. Now, a lot of people, you know, their jobs don't want to be on camera. They don't want their other employees oh, that's true. to be on camera. So I, I highly doubt Amy and Tammy have other jobs because I think they're making so much money from like Amy has a YouTube channel. Um, they're doing cameos. They're doing appearances in Kentucky. They've been doing like stand up. I mean, they've been guests for stand up comedy shows. Oh, so I love that. They're getting a lot of attention. Um, but I think Amanda and Misty, I think, yes, they have jobs. Okay. Yeah. About what weight is Tammy at now? Do you know in real time? Like yeah. has he, she had skin surgery, skin removal. Has Chris She's, had skin removal yet? I don't believe Tammy has had skin removal surgery. She's under 400 pounds, which is wow. like when you think about a year or so ago, she was 740 pounds. Wow. The fact that she's now under, she's like three something. Wow. Is unbelievable. That so is I think awesome. I'm not sure what her goal weight is. I believe it's two something, two ten, two. So I I don't think she's having any removal surgery until then. Wow. Mm -hmm. So the memorial, they have this memorial. I it 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 was noticeable that the family wasn't there. He had yeah. two or three friends, but the fact that his family now, do you think so? She did as his. She did consult with the family, which is respectful, right? Even though she was the wife, it was only about four to six months. I mean, yeah. it's not like, you know, um, so I love that she consulted the family, but the fact that they weren't there I almost wondered, did they have their own separate memorial for him? You know, she was, they did yeah. have him, uh, cremated. I think that's a great question to ask. Right. And why were they not there? Were they not there? Cause they didn't care for Tammy. Were they not there because, to your point, did something more, you know, just tragic happen to him? And the catalyst of that was Amy leaving him? You know, I don't know. Maybe maybe they're just not a good family. You know what I'm saying? It's hard yeah. to, but that was, maybe they maybe it's as simple as they didn't want to be on camera. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they just did not want to show their grief on camera. They didn't want to be in the public eye. Yeah. Um, you know, it's hard, right? It could be so many things. So, but we saw a few friends that came through, which I thought was a wonderful representation. And I mean, just the scene where Tammy's breaking down and they all gather around her. I mean, it was just so sad. I think anyone that watched, you couldn't help but tear up. And then when they tried to release oh, the I was butterflies. totally sobbing. And I'm like, of all of these that. people, Caleb is the one we know the least, right? I mean, he's only yeah. been on the air this season and, 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 whatever you want to call season four, season five. That was a whole weird thing, wasn't it? 
Yeah, it was came bizarre. Back, it was like the tail end of season four and then it became season five. Yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah, it was very weird. It was very strange. Yes. Yes. From a marketing way, because you've got a lot more in with TLC. Do you know why that was done? No, I have no clue. I've never seen that. I, I don't know why. I have no idea. Maybe I'm completely speculating here. Maybe they were all con like under contract to do X amount of episodes for season four. And so maybe contractually they had to complete that and then launch season five. I, it was very weird. Very weird. It was yeah. weird. Um, I've just seen so much emotional growth from Tammy since season one. I mean, she was so Dude. like, the world is against me. Nothing's my fault. And then, boy, has she really stepped up. Even though physically, she still can't step up as much as she would like with sure. Amy's boys. The fact that she realized, no, for money, for everything, we need two adults on two kids. We need to do this and we need to uh, live together. I don't know. They may always live together. I don't know. It, it, yeah. It might just end up working for them. I could see like what they had in the past, almost like it looked like they had this duplex. Yes. They had right, side by Tammy side. had her own yeah. space, but yet they were able to, but not now, hopefully, because Tammy physically needs Amy's help and grocery shopping and all this stuff. I want them to just want to be near each other as sisters. Yeah. Well, I think they're going to continue to be near each other as sisters because the show is, I'm sure, going to continue. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, I think probably what you're going to see next season is Amy dating. You know, she already is. I think you're going to see, like, I mean, wouldn't it be great if Amy and Tammy, Amy and Tammy are going out on double dates? I mean, wow. there's a lot here, I think. I'm so here for it. So tell me what other shows you obsess over. Well, I'm going to be watching starting this coming Monday, Sister Wives from the Beginning. I like to say, let's watch Sister Wives from the Beginning while we wait for the end, um, which could be <laughs> the end could be, who knows, because that show is number one. <laughs> I I love it. Um, so I really like that. Um, I get into all kinds of, you know, a lot of HBO, different series, like I'm watching True Detective. Um, I like true crime. I know you like a documentary yes. too. I enjoy a good, uh, did you watch that American Nightmare? I think you yes. did. Yeah. Wild. I had already um, seen a little bit of that. So it was confusing to me oh. when my husband told me to watch it. I had seen that story on a dateline already. Oh, so then had. my brain okay. was like, oh my God, how many home invasions are like this? And then finally I realized somebody DM me and said, oh, this was actually on a dateline. I'm like, oh, this is why I've heard of it. But it was Thank fascinating. God. Fascinating. True crime um, is more fascinating than... I have like a love hate. Sometimes I watch it. Sometimes I don't. I don't know. It just gets too scary and depressing. I watched yeah. American Nightmare and I was like, I need to buy a gun. Like it wasn't a yeah. good feeling. <laughs> like, no. like, I don't want it. I don't want that. Um, yeah. So any anyway, uh, but I'm watching Capote and the Swans. I just started that. Heard that's um, really good. So I like, I think when I'm not working on these shows, meaning, you know, following Sister Wives or Thousand Pound Sisters. Um, yeah. It's nice to just take a break and watch something that has nothing to do with it. I love that. We only have a few more minutes, but tell me a little bit how you, how long you worked in radio, why you started your podcast. Yes. Um, and I'm, I'm so annoyed with this like thumbs up, by the way, people watching Sarah's show, there's some weird <laughs> thumbs up that's happening from my Logitech camera. Um, anyway, uh, telling us, thumbs up, Sarah. <laughs> I like our content. Um, 
I started in radio in 2005 in Washington, D.C., and I started as an overnight traffic woman and worked my way up. And I landed a incredible life-changing gig on a show called The Kane Show on Hot 99.5, which was syndicated on Sirius XM and in Tampa, Florida and Memphis, Tennessee and beyond. And um, it, it was a pop culture morning show and it changed my life. It changed my life in a lot of ways. It gave me a great experience. Um, I worked with someone who was unfortunately a narcissist and sociopath, so I learned a lot of lessons there. And um, also it gave me a, a great financial start in life. So I took advantage of all that. I did another radio stint. And then in 2016, I just knew the writing was on the wall that people weren't going to be listening to radio and podcasting. Wow. I was hearing about podcasting and you remember Serial on NPR, which that was a true crime. Um, it was epic. It launched podcasts. It was the most listened to 200, 300 million downloads. Everybody in America for a second listened to it. And yeah. I thought, this is the future. And I started a podcast and it was very tough because I'd never hosted on my own before. And eight years ago, it was very hard to make money podcasting. People, you didn't have the advertising companies, you didn't have advertisements. Um, but I just knew if I could stay with it, and I have an awesome husband, that it would it would work out. And here I am eight years later and it's my full-time job and I have incredible fans and listeners and it's given me so much. I've, I've landed gigs on HBO's Crashing and Lifetime's Married at First Sight. I've been a, a guest contributor on their kickoff show and mid-season season show. So it's been a terrific adventure for me. I love that. And I did recently listen to both parts. You do a lot of two-parters because you're really good at interviewing Yes. But the two-parter that you did with Kane's ex-wife and his other co-host, it's really good. Tell us a little bit about that and also remind everyone where they can find you. Yeah. Um, well, I if you're not familiar with The Kane Show, which a lot of people aren't, um, but it was a morning radio show that existed for over a decade in the DC area and then was syndicated. And Kane was the guy that I worked with. And unfortunately he passed away almost three years ago from a complication of a drug overdose and, and abusing alcohol. Um, but working with him was in some ways amazing and taught me a lot, but also was very torturous. You know, you're dealing with an addict, someone mentally ill that's untreated. And we didn't all really put two and two together until the past last couple of years of his life. So on uh, this recently, the past couple of weeks, you can go to the Sarah Frazier show everywhere podcasts are played. Um, he, I, I did a kind of a tell-all with his ex-wife and Riley Couture, who was one of his former co-hosts. And she just talked about how difficult it was. She thought she'd landed her dream job. And I think yeah. it's relatable to a lot of your amazing listeners, Sarah, um, that, you know, sometimes we think we landed this great gig and then the people there are like torturous bosses or narcissists or sociopaths. How do you work with them and thrive? So that's her story. It was really, really good. Like literally, I, like you said, I did not know the Kane show and yeah. it didn't matter that, but I was fully invested in it because we can all relate to that kind of a story. And it was really fascinating. We've all worked with difficult, difficult people. And I know you have to go because you've got to go do your show, but I just, I'm, I love you so much. And I just wanted to tell you, you're an amazing human being. I know you've been through hell recently, but I am here for you. I can tell people what a terrific person you are. And I, I said to you off air, congrats. You've been canceled for the very first time. I've been canceled multiple times in my career. You will come back stronger than ever because cancel culture doesn't exist. And I can't wait to have you back on the Sarah Fraser show. So I love you. 
Adore you so much, Sarah, with an H. Have an amazing day and make sure you're following her at the Sarah Fraser Show everywhere and including YouTube. I love watching you on YouTube. I know podcasts are everything. I want to see you. And that wallpaper behind you. Thank you. I mean, the chef's kiss. I love that so much. (laughs) Thanks, Sarah from Texas. We'll see you soon. Bye. I hope you're Bye, girl. quadruplet soon. Oh, send me your good baby. I'm doing a round of IVF end of this month. Good. I want quadruplet. We're all going to be listening. We all want to hear about your round of IVF and Woo. praying that it's successful. Thank you, girl. See you later. Bye, girlfriend. Bye.